Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Six minutes past 12 o'clock. How are you doing? My name's Nikki Severini. I'm so delighted to be with you on this Thursday RV. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Um, on yeah, this incredible radio station. So, wow. I mean, next week, can you believe already just around the corner, Pesach, um, how are the preparations going? And um, for those of you who celebrate Easter and the long weekend, how are those preparations going? And it's just a busy, busy time and school holidays coming up. It's, 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 it's a lovely time, really. So um, building up to that, we thought we'd give you a show that was going to be pretty inspiring. Um, we're going to be talking to people who really um, put a lot of effort and time into educating people around cancer and especially taking cancer awareness um, out into the rural areas um, in Africa, in South Africa, um, because while we have these conversations every week and we have access to warriors who share their story, we have access to experts and all the treatments, there are many people who don't and we talk about early detection we talk about the right diet and exercise and mindset Uh, and I could go on there are people who don't know about that in this day and age and as I said that there are really people who dedicate their lives to to making sure that this message is communicated to everyone um, around the globe is just a wonderful thing. So I'm so delighted to have Anne Stain on the, the show today. Um, Anne has been with us before. Um, she's uh, a board member of the Union for International Cancer Control that is the UICC and she's a cancer survivor. Um, she's, uh, she's a warrior and she's been a warrior for 21 years. So, Anne, welcome. It is, it's great uh, again to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you. And all I can say is happy birthday because uh, 21 years ago um, <laughs> when, you, when you were diagnosed, your life took a different turn. So this is the birthday of, of a new life. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's actually in a way quite unbelievable. I can't, you know, when you first get diagnosed, you think life is going to be very short, and um, here I am, wonderful. Oh, wonderful, Anne. Um, just for, for those, because I know we have discussed it, but, but so 21 years ago you were diagnosed. What cancer were you diagnosed with? It was, it was, it was breast cancer. Yeah, it was breast cancer. And I have had a reoccurrence um, in 2006, and it really was a wonderful it sounds extraordinary to say it, but in the, the time from my first diagnosis to my second diagnosis, I realized how much had changed in treatment. Oh, really? And, and uh, you know, every year something new comes onto the market, and, and now they have this wonderful targeted treatment, and so life looks a lot better oh, wow. for a cancer patient. But, of course, there's more to be done, lots more to be done. Absolutely, Anne. And we're going to take a quick break. Please stay where you are. I, I want to talk about World Cancer Day 2019, this this huge um, campaign that you had and the kind of impact um, that it had. So stay with us. We'll be right back. IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life.
Thanks so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Um, I have Anne Stain on the line. She is a board member of the Union for International Cancer Control. We're going to be talking about World Cancer Day. Um, I then have an extraordinary cancer warrior who's going to be joining us just now by the name of Laura Jersky, who's going to be sharing her story, her journey since her diagnose, diagnosis last year in May. And um, then Corsi Gianni, who's a clinical psychologist, and uh, facilitator and coach for transformative learning will be joining us as well. So really inspiring and uplifting um, that, um, you know, life brings all sorts of challenges and change, um, but really the decision lies with us how we are going to approach these challenges in life. And and you certainly approach the challenges with an open mind and an open heart because for 21 years um, you, you've, you, you're a committed volunteer. And, and as you said, when you know when you had the second diagnosis what the wonderful thing was the realization of the improvement in terms of targeted treatment that, that yes. the experience changed for you it's absolutely absolutely uh, you know and i think if yeah if you ask any uh, cancer patient um it's an amazing thing to say but it really somehow changes one's life and changes it for the better Hmm. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that before. Um, mm. It's not always easy for everyone to hear that, but I hear that often from warriors, and and um, you know that's what we try and unpack during this show. But and let's go to the fourth of Feb, World Cancer Day, um, twenty nineteen. I mean, this year there were close to a thousand activities. Mm. Um, hundred and twenty seven countries took part. Yes. An incredible sixty two governments responded to the day with strengthened support and commitment. That is huge, Anne. Um, it means that more people are talking about it. It's uh, More people are aware. But what are the new messages that, that you're trying to get out there? Well, we, yes, we're really trying to say that early diagnosis and screening and early surgery and treatment really does save lives. So it's a question of getting out and educating people and and this new campaign, that's a three-year campaign, the I Am and I Will, um, has been such a success. It's made a huge impact. And as you said, 62 government leaders um, really took it on board. And it, talking about Israel, they had a most wonderful Facebook and live broadcast prevention and detection Mm. um, with the Ministry of Health. And that's really what we have to do. We've got to get our Ministry of Health on board. And Israel's Ministry of Health released all the latest national data about cancer survival and mortality. Mm. And it's that sort of information that we need. Because then we can actually pressure our, our governments to give us accessible, affordable, and equitable um, health care, which mm. is what we need. Yeah. So uh, it's a great campaign, mm. a bold and new campaign. I, I love that. And as you say, with Israel, so forward-thinking, um, just the research coming out of Israel, the treatment coming out of Israel oh, is, is, yeah, it is amazing. It really, really it is. is amazing. It proactive. Is amazing. When you see, um, you know, a proactive approach, um, you just see how that works. So when we look at South Africa, um, which is far more challenging because – 
um, the poverty, um, you're looking at um, education, you're looking at unemployment, you're looking at all of these challenges, people living in rural areas who just simply don't have access to this information. And I know, Anne, that you were with um, the RRI, the Reach Recovery International. You, you you, You were, in fact, played a major role in establishing these groups in 14 African countries. Let's talk about South Africa specifically and the challenges that you face getting these messages out there. Sorry, are you asking for the training? Uh, no, I'm asking, sorry, and uh, we're having a problem with the line. I'm just asking about the, the challenges in South Africa and getting those messages um, yes. out to the, to the rural yes. areas, the areas yes. where they don't have access. Yes, it, it is a challenge, um, very often because there's great, never mind the distance that you have to go and the various languages and cultures, but there's huge stigma and myth out there. And so that, before you can get any education across, you have to break down the stigma and the myths. Many, many cultures believe that cancer is a contagious disease, so that uh, you get isolated as if you were a leper and and made to go somewhere else. And if you're a wife, you can't stay in the house because Mm. you're going to contaminate everybody else and you can't cook for your family. So all those sort of um, stigmas and myths have got to be Um, removed, and then we can get in and educate the people about coming to a doctor as soon as they suspect something's wrong. Um, And that's that's quite a challenge, but but it's something I'm really passionate about, because I don't believe that because you live in an area, say the Eastern Cape or in Pumalanga, uh, you should have a much poorer cancer diagnosis survival rate Mm. than I have because Mm. I might live in Gauteng or the Western Cape. Um, You know, and it upsets me greatly when I travel to those areas and see people who um, are probably not going to make it because they haven't had the care that they need. Mm. So so what are you doing, Anne? You're part of, we talk about educating, you're passionate about it. Um, as I said earlier, you uh, are a member of the RRI, um, yes. Yes. Reach and Recovery. So yes. what, what, what is the strategy um, to well, get it out there? I, I, I get out. I travel to all these places, not just in South Africa, but Africa, India, um, China. And you go and you, I train volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, about breast cancer, in my particular instance, it's breast cancer, but I also do cancer control as well. Um, and those are the volunteers because they understand the cultures and speak those languages um, that can go out into the rural areas and start educating people. And once you give people a voice, they will pretty soon put pressure on their government mm. to uh, see that the government is going to offer them the health care that we need, because we really need universal health coverage in, in all countries, mm. um, which we don't have at the moment. Mm. You, um, I, I know that when you were president of the RRI, which I believe was between 2007 and, and 2013, you had mm. a, a really successful conference in Cape Town. Um, That's right. And, and this had a huge impact on breast cancer prevention and awareness. Can you talk us through that, please? Yes, it did. It really did. We were very fortunate to, to 
to be able to get the health minister of the time um, to attend, and and she really took it on board. And um, they've been working on a breast health policy. Um, it is there. We've now got to see that it's uh, implemented, which it hasn't been fully. But there are certain centres of excellence, which is marvellous, so we must give them credit for that. Um, but they they are listening to us, and, and we are allowed to make representations. And so it's, it's, it's not all sort of gloom. There are positives as well. Okay. Okay. Well, that's very good. And so, and just moving forward with the this incredible three-year campaign, I am, I will. Um, yes. What are you What are you hoping for the next three years? Well, I'm I'm hoping that um, as more cancer survivors uh, get a voice to tell their stories, because I think it's terribly important to tell your story, um, and caregivers are acknowledged for what they're doing. Um, people then start, um, well, they, they, they report earlier, so they're less likely to, to develop into really severe breast cancer. But health professionals, um, we can all speak together with one voice, and, and I think that's what we're trying to do. We actually want to make certain that cancer is, is not around, that, you know, that we are now... We're going to make certain that by, I'd like to say, 2025, um, we won't have cancer as, as a deadly disease. It'll be something perhaps more like a chronic disease, more like diabetes or something that you can live with for many, many, many years. Wow. Wouldn't um, that be wonderful? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be wonderful? Be wonderful. And, yeah, yeah, wouldn't it? From your mouth, yeah. from your mouth. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. Lovely having you on the show again. Lovely thank having you. a person who is such a warrior going out there, um, as you said, you know, impacting, volunteering, yeah. and uh, just wishing you lots of energy and may you go forth and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, get and reach as many people as possible. You're doing a wonderful Wonderful job. Thank well, you. Well, Nikki, there are plenty, there are plenty of us around. Yes, there are. Around. There are. But Thanks. you need to get Thanks. credit. That's what I say. Thank you, Anne. Take care. And lovely <laughs> Thank chatting. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We're going to take a, a quick break. On the other side of the break, Laura Jerski is going to be joining us. She is a, a DL Link breast cancer warrior. She's going to be sharing her story and, very importantly, her mindset and, and what happened along this journey. So please do stay with us. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And this is the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Wasn't that a nice song? Uh, Jack Johnson, where do all the good people go? Well, they're probably listening to Chai FM on Chai FM, but it's a good question because a little bit earlier I started off and I said, yeah, Pesach, we've got Easter. We also have elections coming around, and I don't know about you, but people become pretty ugly round about this time of of the year, just before elections. So I'm rather delighted Jack Johnson asking the question, where do all the good people go? They're still here. Just don't always listen to the politicians. The good people are the other ones. That's what I have to say. So we're going to keep going with um, really interesting stories here on the DL Link show. Um, I, I mentioned that uh, Laura Jersky would be joining us, and she is sitting opposite me, in fact. Laura, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank Lovely you so to much be here. for joining thank us. You. So you are our warrior today. 
a yes. breast cancer warrior. <laughs> um, and it was when in May last year that you were diagnosed. Um, actually, looking back now, yes, uh, May the eighth will be a year. Right, it's nearly a year. Nearly a year. What a year you've had. I've had. Tell us about and, it. And. Um, you know, I, I've survived. I've survived this. But um, if I can sort of put it in, in in words, before I started this journey, I actually saw. Um, I'm sure everybody knows of Cindy Alter, lovely South African singer. Oh, I love Cindy Alter. Yeah, I saw. Uh, I heard her live um, perform at the Ascot Hotel, mm-hmm. and that night I I remember her song. She, she sang about, um, not just surviving, but thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that sort of resonated with me. Was that before you were diagnosed? No, that oh, was before I started treatment. Uh, okay, wow. And I was quite scared that night. I think it was sort of the weekend before that week I was, you know, going to start treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just speaking to a lot of people that, a lot of people that have gone through treatment or going, to have treatment, there's a lot of apprehension, and her words just sort of stuck by me, you know. And I just sort of thought, well, I'm not going to just survive this. I'm, I'm going to thrive. I'm really going to find the joy in my life and look really every day for that. I love that you had that that pivotal <laughs> moment where you made the decision that it wasn't just going to be about waking up every day and just getting through it and trying yeah. to survive, but making the yeah. most of of every moment. Yeah, look, it does. You know, the thing is, it's not every day is, is, is a good day. It sort of goes up and down. And just like anything else in life, you know, it's not, you know, you try to be strong, but strong means having to experience all sorts of emotions, sure. you know, and it's, sure. and, and also acknowledging those emotions are important as well. Um, people speak about being a warrior. And another thing that I, I sort of had to think about this is, I think in life, you know, we should focus on what we want from life. Um, cancer does, you know, pulling through cancer and getting through cancer does give you a certain amount of, wow, you know, I've done this, but not to give cancer that kind of Im- importance, mm-hmm. if you, if mm-hmm. I can call it that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, not to, to be defined find, by it, not to be defined by it, but at the same time, yes, I've, I've gotten through this, but, um, it doesn't, now, now, what what brings me joy in my life? You know, mm. does that sort of make Absolutely. sense? What I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely, so well, so yeah, well. So, so Laurie, let's just rewind. Let's go to before May 2018. Um, you heard Anne. Um, she's a yes. breast cancer warrior as well. 21 years, and then in, in 2006 yeah. again. Um, and she talks about how it's changed, how medicines changed, the diagnosis, and everything. The whole experience changed, yeah. but also the importance of early detection. So, what was it for you? Uh, was it an early detection? Was it? A, how, how did you find out you had breast cancer? So, for me, I sort of, I just. I just intuitively felt something was a little bit off. I wasn't sure. I actually contacted my GP and I asked for just bloods. I thought maybe I had low iron. What or were you feeling? How were you feeling? Um, <laughs> I think it was a combination of things. I think just in general, things in my life weren't working. Uh-huh. And I just think I was just sort of, you know, just things weren't working out. And yeah, maybe just feeling a bit low in energy, but mm-hmm. nothing really, no exact. Symptoms I could right. pinpoint, right. and around that time, um, I remember my son actually bumped my hand and which bumped my breast, and I felt a lump. And I thought, well, what is this? You know, 
And from then on, it just sort of was one thing after did the Did you next. ignore it? No. Did actually, you, as you felt the lump, did you do what a lot of people do? Like, uh, you know, I no, didn't I really didn't. feel I actually showed my okay. husband and he, he, you know, I thought I'd go see my gynecologist in a month. It wasn't major panic. I uh-huh. just thought maybe not in a, she only could see me in a month. Right. And he suggested, no, you know, go, go for a mammogram. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then that sort of just, you know, I went for the mammogram and the one thing led to the next. You got called and you said there's a lump, yeah, there's and then, you know, they, they kind of tell you what you need to do. And, you know, you, you've got to follow, you've got to follow the road to healing. And I think listening to the professionals is very important. Um, it really is a personal choice of what kind of medication you want to take, what kind of treatment you want to go through. Um, but I sort of made that choice that whatever needs to be done for me to get better, I'll do it. So what was, you know, so, so what was the suggestion in terms of treatment? So I had, um, chemotherapy, I had, uh, radiation and the operation. Did you um, have, so you had surgery as well? I had surgery as well. Okay. Um, I knew it would be about six months of, of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the beginning you sort of think, well, how am I going to get through this? Right. You know, but it really is one step at a time. Um, and it's, it's a whole, it's a whole combination of elements that help a person get through. But I think the main, for me, the main decision was, well, I want to live, you know, and I want to live so bad that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this needs to go or that needs to go or I lose this as long as I'm here and I can be a, a mother, a wife, a friend, you know, that, that for me was the number one thing. Right. And still is. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, Laura, <laughs> when did you, when did you get in touch with the DL Link? So the DL Link has been like a shining star in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in touch with them. I actually heard about them. My brother-in-law told me about them and I actually thought, well, who, what, what is the DL Link? You know, I mean, never really spoke about cancer, didn't talk to people with cancer. I think there's sometimes a bit of a stigma with mm-hmm. people that have, can- that have cancer. You know, so why would I know anything about the DL link? Um, but <laughs> actually met a lovely, can I mention names? Sure. Kind of a lovely gentleman, Gabby Joseph, gave me a call yes. and I was about to have a go for a scan and he, he was quite um, pushy, you know, mm. and I kept thinking, well, but now what does he want? Why is he, you know, <laughs> wanting to come in there? What? <laughs> and he, he was just fantastic. He just didn't stop until he met us and he was really like this shining star um, in our lives, really. So it was like, um, this is my... Sorry, not just Gabby. I just the whole say, team. The whole deal link mm. has just been the support. Um, yeah, mm. so I... But yeah. I think, I, I think, you know, like, as, as you said, when, when he first contacted you and he was kind of in your space, and this Very is like, much so. you know, this is my <laughs> space, this is my cancer space, this yes, is my, yes. you know, my private space, and yeah. my, and I, and I, and I love that, that when yeah. you open it up, um, yeah. to a group of people and then to a community and then you realize you're not alone and you no, realize so no. many people and then you realize, oh, this is something I can overcome and, and. And what I love so much about them is, um, even when you've finished your journey, there's still quite a lot of, how do I say this? You know, the emotions, the, the mm. trauma still lingers. It doesn't just, and they're still there for you. It's yeah. not like, well, you know, you're better now and we move on. Mm. They're very, very supportive. Mm. Um, but so 
just sorry, you were saying about the DL Link. Yes. No, no, no. So, so that was your experience with the DL Link, and and I've heard That's before amazing. from from many warriors who who talk about them being there afterwards yes. because you have to go back to normal life. Yes. Um, you have to return to being yes. the wife, the mother, the, whatever it is you were doing beforehand. Completely. But something has shifted in your life. Something within you has changed, um, and you're seeing the world differently. And so it's how you navigate that. Yes. And being held by them. Definitely. And I, I can think, imagine how I think I remember I actually I don't know why, but I contacted Mark Pilgrim. I messaged him and I said to him what you know, he gave me a bit of advice and he he said he also wanted to do radio, you know, after this journey. And for me, during this whole time I had specific, I, I have specific goals and I, I was always thinking about them. And I was always thinking that after I've done completed this, I'm I'm gonna go for it, you know. Um, and I think that's very important because, you know, with all the treatment and with all the cancer talk and it's good to have a little bit of a different focus mm. and to keep your mind busy at the same time, not let mm. it consume you. Right. You know, right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so it goes back to you going and listening to Cindy Alter singing. Completely. Um, it's, Completely. it's not just living, it's thriving. Another um, thing and I that w- having sorry. an impact on you. Another thing I just want to mention is, you know, you see the survivors, but you, you, there's, it's almost like a, a, if you look at a play, you know, there's always the people behind the scenes and the production. And I mean, I, I just think of my husband and, you know, I, I honestly, without him, he came to every, everything we, we've been through this together, Did really. He? Wow. So it's a team, you know, we, we were really a team and, yeah, I just think if it wasn't for him. And he's and here he, in the studio looking <laughs> lovingly and so proud. Oh, and and just, yeah. so you're talking a lot about the support, so the, support. And, and, and how it can carry you through, yeah. how important it is and to I, have your people. I think it's hard for some people that, you know, I've heard, I've heard from doctors as well, you know, we would we, chat and they'd say they see a lot of women coming alone or people coming alone and that's, that must be very hard, you know. Mm, mm. Um, so I think we're lucky. We're very lucky that we've got so many people lifting us up and helping us through and encouraging us. So it's not just the one person going through the treatment. No, it's a whole multidisciplinary. Everyone else is affected. Yeah. How many children do you have, Laura? Uh, one one okay. son, yeah. You know, your child, your husband, oh, they're all on that journey. And you're the yeah. one who's kind of, you're not holding the reins because you're not in control. But you are in control of your thoughts in, and, and, you know, you know how your body's feeling. Whereas the people around you don't. So yes. that, it makes yes. it so difficult yes. for them. So let's go back to this thriving. I want to okay. go back to that. I want to, <laughs> I want to look at, um, what, what happened with your mind during this process. Um, so you talk about, you know, what do you want out of life? Like yes. what do you really, really want, want out of life? So you've decided you, you set a whole lot of goals or a whole lot of ideas and you said, when I'm through this, then I'm going to get there. I did try and start, you know, doing a little bit of it when I was doing it. I'm going through the journey, which was sometimes a little bit difficult. But um, I think, you know, cancer or no cancer, I think that's sort of how we could see our lives every day. You know, just because our God or whoever we believe in has given us this opportunity to live. And I think we should see it as like, wow, you know, we've everything around us is a gift, mm. you know, and mm. everything. I mean, mm. everything. How did you, before you were diagnosed, what was your outlook on life? Mm. I mean, I, I know, know that's I, such a broad <laughs> question. No, but I, like think I, up, I think I got caught up. I think I got caught up. I think I got bogged down. 
by stress. Um, and there's always stress. And I, and I was reading, I mean, I was watching a little bit of your um, YouTube and how you were saying, you know, with stress, we've sort of got to decide, you know, how do we react to this, you mm. know? And, and I don't think, I don't think I handled that well before. Whereas I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm still learning, but I think stress plays, especially in this, in this uh, city, stress has a big uh, role to play. Sure. Um, interestingly, my hairdresser, a lovely gentleman, he said to me, you know, he said, everybody's toy-toying and there's all this, you know, all of this is going. He's like, he says, no, that's fine. You can toy-toy. He says, I'm going to have my cup of tea. I don't need to get inv- involved, you know. And yeah. it's really. It's, it's not my drama. It's, it's your drama. It, you choose your dramas. Uh, you choose, um, you know, on an individual um, basis. You choose what you want to involve yourself in. Mm. So, so, so Anne said, um, cancer changed my life for the better. And as I said, it's such a difficult one to, even when I verbalize it, because I've said it to some people yeah. and they get shocked and horrified. But m- so many warriors have sat where you've sat and they've said, cancer's, ha- cancer opened their eyes to yes. living, um, meaning, purpose. Because all of us sitting here and you listening yeah. right now, we don't know. No one's going to yeah. make it through. You know, yeah. we're, we're all, we, we all have, yeah. A finite time in this beautiful world of ours. And no one knows when. And for those people who've been diagnosed with cancer, um, sometimes the story is short and it can be a very painful, very difficult journey. And for some warriors, it is the wake up call. It's the, I can live my life. I can find my dreams. Let me, let me realize that life is finite. And how do I bring the joy out of every moment? How do I Mm. spend time with people and, and have a new beginning with them moment by moment, by moment, by moment? And do we need a scary diagnosis for us to live? This way. Let's take a break. Okay, we'll be great. right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Thank you for staying with us. My name's Nikki Seberini on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. Um, Lara Jerski's in the studio. She's a breast cancer warrior. In May, on May the 8th, 2018, she was diagnosed with breast, breast cancer. It's nearly a year later. She's on the other side of treatment in remission. Laura, in remission. Um, As she said, um, it was just a pivotal moment when she was diagnosed um, and it just changed life. She was bogged down by the normal living of life, right? Mm -hmm. So you listening right now, are you bogged down? Are you just thinking about what you have to do today? Are you ticking off the to-do list? Are you thinking about the past? Are you thinking, thinking, worrying, worrying? And how much time is passing? How much valuable time is passing? Passing you by while you're lost in thought and while you're worrying about things that you have no control over, and that for you, Laura, it shifted everything, didn't it? The the, the you know no, the idea that that you you know I don't you could s- change things. I don't want to be extreme and say it shifted. You know, it's it, it's a it's a progression. You know, and you learn you learn a new way of sort of living your life. You know, um, yeah, and. And, and so, yeah. so what is the new way of living your life? So I think it's just sort of filtering also what, what's good for you and what's not good for you. You know, what, what, it, what, it, 
what experiences will be good for you, what, you know, you know something might stress you, you don't want to go in that direction, or you know something will bring you joy and happiness, you know, you definitely want to go in that direction. And that should be just on a daily basis, you know. So conscious, are you saying you're consciously, you're consciously aware of the choices that you're making and the things that you're doing. And listening to your body, you know, if you're feeling tired or if you feel like you want to exercise, do it, you know, and just sort of being more in tune with yourself Mm. and listening more because really you are your own best friend. Mm. Um, you know, you want to care for all the people around you, but you have to care for yourself first Mm. to do that. Um, yeah. So. so, 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 even though it's not a great shift, it's it's little shifts, these incremental <laughs> shifts, shifts yeah. along the yeah, way. Sure. Yeah. Well, we've got. I mean, we, we've got. I'm so excited to introduce our next guest, Corsi Gianni, who is a not only a clinical psychologist, but she's also a facilitator <laughs> and she's a coach in transformative <laughs> learning interventions and focused on influence and crucial conversations, negotiation, accountability. Um, and you've seen her on TV. You've heard her on radio. So we're really delighted she's taken time out to to chat to us. Corsi, thank you so much for joining us. Great having you on the show. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for having me on the line. I, I can hardly hear anything. I know. I can hardly hear you because it's so muffled. I know, Corsi. It's not a good line. I'm sorry. And I wish I could tell you to lip read, but that's not going to help you either. I'm even not. <laughs> what I'm sorry, Kosi. Um, I'm going to try and speak slowly and clearly so you can hear me. Is that okay? Okay, I've heard. I've heard the most of what you've just said now. Fantastic, Kosi. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to just catch you up. Um, we have Laura Jerski, who is a breast cancer warrior. Um, she's been sharing her story of um, the past year, the treatment that she's been undergoing. Um, she's now in remission, um, and she spoke about um, a pivotal moment of hearing a song, um, and the song was about not just living but thriving and mm. and I've asked the question why is it that um, you know a, a diagnosis or l- loss or um, something as some some challenge or, or roadblock or whatever it is gets us to shift and change the way we see our world I, I think you know I think what it does is that it declutters our life hmm we, we are often bombarded with choices that we need to make on any given moment of any, any given day. But what those kinds of experiences do is they shift us to a different level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Where we are not just thinking and making choices, but we go into a deeper process of discernment. Mm-hmm. Which is not just between choosing coffee and tea. It is really about distilling the essences of faith. And we are able to see through a different window into life and, and declutter what really, really matters at the end of it all. There's a lot of nice to have and a lot of no need to have that we have to deal with on a daily basis. But what that does is it does, it just gives us a singularity of focus, a singularity of purpose. And we are able to see through a different eye as it were. Hmm. You, that's so beautifully put, um, Kosi. Um, Laura actually wants to add something to that. Laura, you're going to have to speak slowly and loudly so Kosi um, can Kossi, hear you. Hi, Kosi, can you hear me? 
I just also wanted to say that you can actually choose, you can actually choose and shift your mood and your attitudes as well. One can can do that on their own. I know sometimes it's it is. You're hard. saying you are, are you a person? You, yes. You is this your experience? You shifted your yes, mood. Yes, but I'm saying one can. One always. One seems to think that it's the external things that you know sort of influence your mood and influence the way you feel. But it's actually the thoughts and how you want yourself to feel. If that makes sense, you know you can. If I'm, you can decide. Let's say you're feeling down, or sorry. Yes. If, I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, I, I think the one way to, to put it is you can either get better or get better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm, I love that. Get better you know, or get better. Yeah, exactly. We can spiral down yes. and, and fall on our sword, as it were. Exactly. Or you use that sword that life has dealt you. Exactly. Corsi, mm. yeah. uh, we, we have to just go to ads. Please stay with us. We'll be back on the other side of them. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thanks for staying with us. Lara Jerski is our breast cancer warrior today and uh, we have Corsi Gianni on the line, uh, clinical psychologist, coach and I would say poet, Corsi, because of the way you are able to express um, um, yourself and and uh, it's, it's just beautiful, really, really beautiful. So Corsi, let's just go back to, you were talking about that moment, um, the choice between bitter and better um, and also that when you, that we have these thoughts all the the time that we this is about decluttering our life and um, we, we shift into another consciousness um, when we're yes. faced with this so let's also talk about within this new consciousness when you have this kind of a diagnosis um, you're going to also be bombarded by the thoughts the what-ifs um, yes. and and these terribly anxious thoughts that enter the mind yes. w- what do we do with those Corsi? What what can we tell people listening right now to do with those thoughts I think you know one of the things we, we need to, to teach ourselves and each other is to embrace the paradox of life hmm. that, that there is no guarantee doesn't necessarily mean that just because you embody this consciousness of positivity it doesn't mean that you will necessarily end up on that side of life into in remission, it's no guarantee as it were, mm-hmm. and it, and so it is to embrace that that paradox, and still choose that regardless. Because what it says is that let us just assume for a moment that you don't go into remission. It means that you have a consciousness that accompanies you to your journey to the end. Mm-hmm. It is a consciousness. It is. That says, even to the bitter end, I still choose to see through the eyes of beauty. Even as I am in this painful moment, I still choose to see through the eyes of beauty. Which is a lot to ask. It is really a lot to ask, especially at that time. When you're reeling and your body is doing things that are not painful, literally. To be able to hold a high watch over that situation. Mm. And also, Corsi, of course, because of the clinging, you know, the, 
uh, we cling. We 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 cling to what is. Um, we don't want things to change. And um, and and as you said, the paradox of life. And we we all going to face that. But it's a very conscious decision to to be able to let go and to accept. And and so and so again, I'm going to say it for people who are listening, who who are faced with this challenge, um, because it's wonderful to be able to say, can we embrace it? I'm going to go to how 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 do people do it, Corsi? The, 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 what it asks of us is to reckon with something that we we don't readily reckon with, mm-hmm. and so what that what that means is that that truth is brought to us in a very palpable way that we cannot dismiss, because we are always living with our vulnerability. Always, mm-hmm. uh, but we get we we get distracted by everything else that we become doing being. Sure. And what it does is that it forces us to our beingness when we are not able to do anything about. Hmm. Um, lo- so yes. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, and it is to know who who am I ultimately when my body is so riddled and invaded in this way. Who am I, essentially? And to distill the I that speaks through this body hmm. and embrace that I mm. who is above all conditions. Hmm. Laura, you wanted to ask Kosi something? Um, no, I just wanted to sort of just chat a little bit about anxiety, which I think is huge on this kind of journey because there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of, you mentioned what ifs, um, you know, there's always what, what if this happens and what if that happens. And so a lot of people have to go through this fear. Um, and I think that's okay. I mean, anxiety is a, a normal, it's a normal, your body's normal response to danger, to a threat. Um, and yeah. we were chatting, I was chatting a little bit to Nikki before the show um, of a book that helped me. This, um, I've actually, a few of my friends I've given, I've told the book to, her name is Claire Weeks. And she basically, I don't, I don't think she's, I think she, I don't, don't think she's alive anymore, but she's written two books. Well, she might have written more. And she speaks about how to accept all the, the anxiety symptoms, you know, just to let your body do what it has to do. So if you've, you know, if you're, you're sweating or you, you feeling all shaky or trembling or whatever, and you think, what's wrong with me? There's nothing really wrong with you. It's just that you're responding to this great fear, which a lot of cancer patients have to go through, you know. Um, so that's also quite a big thing is how to manage anxiety, um, how to work through that. Um, but you, you do. You, did you that get work, did that. that work for you? It did help for me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's still something that I have to deal with. And I think a lot of people in this, I keep saying Johannesburg. <laughs> I think all over the world people have to learn to manage anxiety. You sure. Know? But um, I think if you can um, sort of accept the symptoms that comes with anxiety and not give it too much uh, power over you, then it, it, it's okay. You know, you can get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love so, that. So, so for you, the the, the book really just oh. outlined that anxiety is not something you want to ignore. You it's something really that happens it. and you mm-hmm. allow it to pass. It's, it's kind of like what Corsi's saying. It's like if you're blocking the pot that's boiling or the, you can't, you can't put the lid on, you know, mm-hmm. you can't, mm-hmm. you have to let your body 
experience all those emotions and feelings and right yeah Kosi, um i i just want to speak to um the future and the present um because when you're diagnosed you know we all have this idea well not all of us actually um but some of us have these big dreams of where we want what we want do we want to get married do we want to have kids do we want to be this do that and and a diagnosis um Forces one to be in the moment or not, I suppose, the experience. Right. Maybe you can speak to that, Kosi. Um, how does one, when one is going through something like this, embrace the, the now and the importance of that? I think, it, it, again, it, it's part of us to live in the paradox of, and I know that, for example, in the work of Victor Frankl, you know, when he spoke about the concentration camps and so on, and mm. he said, the one thing was having something significant yet to live for. Right. That, that helps people pull through the most dire of circumstances. Mm. So it is equally li- living with that aspirational future, but holding that and holding it lightly. Mm. Knowing that it is the now that I have. And embrace what I can do and achieve in the now, the moment that the fact that I am reading and living in the now and that those dreams will only happen if I live through the, the now, moment by moment by moment. And so therefore I don't abandon them necessarily, but I put them in the context of th- those dreams were premised on a certain health and so on, finances and so on. But that all those things are not my truth right now. Mm-hmm. And, and how do I then see myself through this truth that I am, I am right now? Yeah. While I also hold the aspiration of living through and beyond this truth to be able to achieve those dreams that I hold for the future. Mm-hmm. Laura, your experience of that? I think what's very important is you were speaking about um, goals and the future. And what happens is you, you give your body the message that you, you want these things. So you, it's like an expectancy. So you, you expect your health to improve so that you can reach this goal. Your cells, your body, everything hears that, if that makes sense. So mm. that's why it's so important to... Mm. To have these goals. <laughs> Absolutely. Laura, Corsi, we've run out of time. Um, Corsi, I really hope that, uh, one day you can join us in the studio. I think our listeners would so, so love uh, in uh, hearing, hearing what you have to say. Thank you for joining us today, Corsi. I would love to, and my apologies that I couldn't hear for the most part, but thank you for your time. Our apologies that we, that you couldn't hear, but thank you, Corsi. Lovely having you on the show. Do take care. And, uh, Laura, thank you for thank you. coming in and sharing your story, you. your journey, your insights. I hope that you'll join us again and Great. just wishing you health and vitality and insight and perspective and peace and everything that thank goes you. with it. It was a real it. honor to be here with you guys. Lovely thank having you, you on the show. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks, Laura Jersky. And thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Show. I look forward to being with you same time next week. From me, Nikki Seberini. Until then, take care. Ciao.